Yeah, yeah. Saves time. Alright, let's, uh, let's do it. Alright. Recording. Yeah, you want to do it? Yeah. Right. One, two, three. <laughs> Reps, you didn't hear that? Oh, was I supposed to clap too? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, I don't. I don't. Let's just, oh, you let's know what? I'm just an idiot. I'm an idiot. Of course I was supposed to clap. Right. Why wouldn't I clap? I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. Can we keep this in? I was just, <laughs> I was just in my thoughts for a second, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta keep this one. All right. All right uh, <laughs> Ready? Yeah. yeah. One, two, three. Okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, what are you doing out here? Are you thinking about everything, aren't you? I know it's crazy, but just don't think of it like that. Nothing has to mean anything. Come on. Let's start the podcast. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. Welcome back to Is This Tracking with uh, Kiel and Sam. Today, we have a special guest, um, our good friend Rex, who also goes by the name of Space Phase. Uh, yeah, you know him from Space Phase from the band uh, Psychedelicacy. Oh, Not to boy. be confused no, with Space Face, which is a far inferior group. <laughs> Ooh. Stirring the pot. Um, so, Rex, welcome to the pod. Thank you um, for having me. I hope you can now enjoy the honorary title, First Friend of the Pod. <laughs> yeah, I'm honored. Um, so, since we're doing a series on Tame Impala, I just want to ask you some brief questions about your, I guess, familiarity with the band. Shoot. So, what? <laughs> why did I write this question down this way? <laughs> what was your first Tame Impala experience? <laughs> Um, uh, it's hard to remember the first time I heard Tame Impala. I know that it was uh, definitely in 2013, uh, the year I graduated high school. Um, I had just, I know that it was around the time that I just got my driver's license um, because Tame Impala was one of the bands that I made like a, a CDR mix for and was like constantly blasting yeah. in like my 2001 Alero. <laughs> Um, uh, the the nostalgia yeah. for those oh, yeah. those early tens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't remember the first time. But I, it was it was kind of a slow process. I think I'm like that with some bands where like I start, uh, I hear a band for the first time and I'm like, eh, yeah, uh, okay. And then um, I I come back to them for some reason and listen to it again and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to like this. And then you know I start to like them more and more to the point where I'm just kind of bumping it constantly. Um, that's I think kind of how it went for me with Tim and Paula. Yeah, it was a slow process for me too, and uh, this album that we're covering, Lonerism, definitely was the one that actually got me into Tame Impala in earnest. Same. Yeah, I think I think it was for me too because I I definitely heard them with this for like a lot of people out. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they were they kind of made it big on this album, so that's when they were kind of a lot more popular in the U.S. and stuff. Um, Got it. Just this mic. Okay. Uh, oh, and one more question, to Rex. What is your favorite Tame Impala track? Um, of all the records, not just this one. I think I would have to give it to. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's uh, Kel can probably pronounce it because I think it's French. En Endor it? Trois. Yeah, I remember listening to that yesterday and being like, "Is this the best Tame Impala song?" It's my absolute favorite, no doubt. It's that's the one that got me. We'll we'll get into yeah, that. we'll get that's into that. We'll get into, into that. Impala, that's that's interesting for sure. 
Um, okay, so today we're going to be reviewing, not reviewing, we're not reviewing it. Maybe we are. We're going to judge it, that's for sure. But we're going dis- <laughs> to discuss, most importantly, we're reflecting uh, Tame upon Impala's lonerism. Yes, Tame Impala's lonerism, which was released on <laughs> uh, October on, 9th. Sam, what is it? October 9th, 2012, <laughs> and leaked on September 6th, 2012. So, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't do too much of my homework surrounding. That's okay. Uh, I think me and Rex this, did a lot, I, so we'll have. Um, I I have October fifth. It was released. October fifth. What the oh, fuck yeah. is your source? Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, what's your source, Sam? <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> uh oh. What does that mean? Maybe someone <laughs> updated it. Yeah. Shit. Just the other day. Yeah. I have October fifth as I think the single release for one of the tunes. Um, uh, we'll find out which one later. Um, okay, so let's go into the history. So Lonerism was recorded immediately after Inner Speaker, um, and Kevin Parker in some interviews has said, said he um, approached it as like a stress-free project, and he had a lot more time to record, which is kind of funny because it was only released like two years after, which is... I mean, it's two years, but it's also not a super long time when you're making like a, a pretty good record, which I think no is doubt. fair to say. I guess it depends on how much touring they were doing, which I, I honestly don't know. I know they were doing some. Well, he but, was uh, recording yeah. while they were touring. Wow. Huh. He, okay. he recorded a lot of the stuff like that in like was different on the places. Album. That's right. Yeah. I remember. Different Tame countries. Impala yeah. definitely is one of those bands that's like the triumph of the of the DAW. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, like, I look, think look that's what Kevin super did. cool. Yeah, it's super cool. It's like he can do everything on his own. Like, it's so DIY in that sense. I mean, they do send it off to He's, a really pro uh, producer, but that's Oh, yeah. So Wait, DIY. does Rex know? It's the... Uh, Dave Friedman, it's yeah. Dave Friedman, Zazen yeah. Boy guy. Have you guys ever seen the footage um, of Zazen Boys at uh, Dave Friedman's studio? No. Oh, oh my gosh. I've seen a... MGMT there I've, recording electric feel. It's so funny. It's like really, really strange. Um, but I'll send it to you both. It's it's worth a watch. Yeah, isn't it? it Everyone, it's in like upstate New York, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So these guys from Japan who they don't speak English, right? Not very well, as no, far as yeah, I can tell. Just, they, they, like a little bit. I think the best part of it for me. Sorry to sidetrack real quick. The best part yeah, for me yeah, in the yeah. video is when uh, Dave Friedman says something like. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I don't really get how they do it, but it's like they have a wire between their heads, and it kind of freaks me out, or something like that. Oh, because they were that's like definitely the yeah. vibe you get with because the, they're so in sync. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it is insane. Super weird. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, check out the Zazen Boys. Seriously, they they are so underappreciated. Yeah. I feel on Spotify, but then it, you go to YouTube in the in have, the U.S. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you're For a fan sure. of you know Black Midi, Polvo, Grass is Green. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyhow, Tame Impala. So, yeah, Tame Impala. Like guys. So yeah, it was recorded as a stress-free project immediately after um, Inner Speaker. Um, Kevin Parker said it was more DIY than Inner Speaker because for Inner Speaker, I think in the last episode, we really considered that like a kind of a DIY project. Um, yeah. Uh, but they were kind of like set up in this house that is like known for its acoustics and like it was all planned but then um lunarism was recorded kind of on the go when they were on tour and kevin uh, had an, like an interface and his laptop and then of course he had his like dictaphone if you guys read about that we can get into that a little later um, I, d- I did not what is that a dictaphone that later or now oh yeah we can okay we can explain it now it's basically this old timey kind of recorder um that 
he used to record things like there's like footsteps on um be above it apparently um and then so there's it's a few kinda other kind of like those those zoom recording style things that you hear the handheld yeah like at, yeah at the, end the, of the field recordings the field recordings exactly um okay. actually let me go grab something real quick just getting the dictaphone um yeah i i do think that um let's wait for sam to put those Sorry. put those phones back on but um i i do think that um despite the fact that this was more diy it does seem like kevin i mean both albums are quite diy whether he's recording in a sort of uh famous uh recording space or not and i definitely feel like kevin just got better over time so it like makes up for the for the lack of a you know consistency in the location and that sort of thing yeah yeah that well then of course like there's like the back of the album sleeve here which is a kind of like um i feel like it's like an uh, iconic picture for the listener sam's holding up the uh the back of lonerism mm. where uh, you see um kevin's lower half and he's uh, surrounded by gear yeah. He's holding a Paul McCartney uh, violin bass. <laughs> it's my Paul McCartney bass. It's Paul McCartney violin bass. But yeah, I, th- I feel like in that sense it was it was more DIY, um, at least more relaxed. Because I can understand there would be stress when recording. I mean, look, he's just he's lying on the back. He's lying on his back. He couldn't get more. He's chill. just chilling, hanging out with Melody, just hanging out. You know. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So uh, credits on this uh, record. So Kevin Parker gave not to say he gave himself more credit but he he was um it was more of like a solo record or leaning towards a solo record because he like Which, he, the only other speaker credits, was already pretty solo yeah and the only other credits on this were jay watson for only two tracks and he only played keys and then uh melody was given credit on um as like the spoken word on nothing that has happened so far uh, blah, oh yeah blah, blah. i should bring up a uh, yesterday or uh the night before last i had a dream that <laughs> that jay died of coronavirus <laughs> that oh that's what you there, were telling was, me about it was stressful but uh you know well, I, I just figured i should were you at his up. house Maybe I have. were you at his house like or like a hospital or like Kill, it Kill was like the funeral <laughs> it was like a it was a nonsense dream it was absolute nonsense i just <laughs> thought it would be an interesting thing to bring up because i feel like in my mind i was like oh i gotta do i gotta do that podcast tomorrow i gotta get ready and then i just had some sort of dream where jay <laughs> was in it and he, <laughs> he got covid it's hella dark him. i hope he doesn't listen to this um oh here's a quote that i i read that i i liked i thought it was kind of funny um from kevin about recording this record um should i should i do an australian accent or should i just read it in my <laughs> silver spring accent uh silver spring accent. okay it was uh, this do what you feel <laughs> i'm gonna do the silver spring it was this amazing time of unhinged experimentation and, and exploration i would record until 5 a.m i'd go to sleep and wake up and start again i'd just be drinking red wine all night and spoke smoking spliffs <laughs> yeah, it was really really amazing it was this really really amazing time this period of discovery i had found a new guitar sound which led me uh, which led to me finding a new way of writing chords and these new chords were making me write music that was conjuring up emotions that i hadn't felt in a long time what is it reminded nice. me of being a child again basically what does that mean That's was it cool. like a baritone guitar or something no, I, th- I think his new guitar was the Rick. How did yeah the, the black Rick? Rick. You think so? Yeah, the. Th- I mean, I, I definitely get what he's saying, where he's like he's like conjuring up these emotions uh, that are like very nostalgic to him, and just like 
just sort of taking him back to when he first discovered the music that he liked as a as a as a wee lad oh yeah going off that i have another quote about the record for me it's a combination of nice sugary pop crossed with really fucked up explosive cosmic music it's like britney spears uh singing with the flaming lips yeah i that's that's a very kevin quote (laughs) i mean yeah i definitely get he's definitely a big fan of like early aughts pop music and like i feel like as time has gone on he's definitely uh sort of veered towards that more and more yeah but um one quote that I remember, and it's probably... Is that from Rolling Stone or whatever? I, I did not Stone record Mag. the source. I'll admit it. Oh, wow. Maybe you made it up. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember as a uh, high schooler, around the time that this, this album came out, uh, the uh, Blair High School Library had, like, Rolling Stone magazine and all this stuff, so I would just pick it up and check out, and they'd talk about how um, Kevin Parker was, like, it would be like he he's holed up in some uh, in like Paris uh, recording I don't know, for like five months straight or something like that just this this new album and I remember being like wow I didn't know that like one man bands were like a, a like hip thing and it's funny because now that's like all there is you're right yeah for real and it's uh, I mean I don't think it's because of Tame Impala I think it's just because of music technology yeah. but um yeah, I, I, I definitely stuff. do think like. For sure. Tame Impala is like a, a primo example of, of that. The success that you can have just uh, drinking red wine and smoking spliffs and discovering your inner child. <laughs> American smoking spliffs. Totally. Um, does anybody have any have anything else about the history of this record? That's kind of all I have for the strict kind of history. Mm. Anything interesting mm. that stood out? Well, what about personal history? Personal not- history. Um, I don't know. It was definitely the first Tame Impala record I, I heard, and I saw them on the tour for this record where they were opening for the Flaming Lips. It was great. Nice. And I liked the yeah, record. this is uh around the time when I got into them too. Maybe like a a year later or so. Yeah. Thirteen, twenty fourteen. Yeah. I think um, for me, again, I heard the record for the first time back in twenty thirteen. Um, and. I don't know, uh, learning, like Kiel said, about how Kevin was recording the music in his own space was, like, really inspiring for me as a musician. Um, yeah. Whenever, like, whenever I ended up confused or I found myself kind of running into, like, brick walls with uh, learning or engaging in, like, the ins and outs of, like, bedroom music producing. Yeah, um, you find I would, yourself in times yeah, of trouble. Yeah, I would just tell myself, like, oh, well, if he can do it, so can I. To be fair, it was it was naive of me at the time because, you know, I, I didn't have a label backing me and I wasn't sending my tracks <laughs> to Dave Friedman, but um, I, I don't know. Were, were you drinking red wine, at least? I wasn't. <laughs> I, I was underage, unfortunately. Um, Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I'd, I'd really be where... I, I'm at now with like bedroom producing if it weren't mm-hmm. for like the first couple Tame Impala records. Um, I did yeah. like so much research into like uh, how he was like uh, utilizing gear and stuff. And at the time there was little information about it, nowhere near as much as there is now. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to Kevin for that. I think no doubt. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't know that any of us would be. Yeah. Just from like, yeah, a, for yeah. Real. yeah, I think, I think we've all, uh, I think we're all, you know, working on our own sort of bedroom pop projects and now it's like a cliche but um i mean back when lonerism came out this was like a fairly it it felt new it felt new to like you know the masses and Mm -hmm. all those all those young kids looking to 
looking to rock and roll no doubt yeah but still browse tumblr at the same time <laughs> no doubt um uh yep so a kind of like not not like strictly history but something i want to note on the whole record is the todd rundgren influence and also the fact that he remixed elephant um yeah. just real quick do we have any thoughts about that uh um i listened to it um uh-huh. i well first the first thing i did was i don't i didn't know anything about dodd rundgren until uh you brought it up in our little chat uh, the other day oh yeah yeah okay. yeah i looked up um, I looked him up on YouTube and the first like I just clicked on like the first like popular results that popped up um, mm-hmm. and I didn't really hear anything that like struck me as like that sounds like Tame Impala in the first three results mm-hmm. but then I clicked on the link that you sent and yeah. I was like oh there it is yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that record it's like strictly that record gotcha gotcha yeah. Tom, I don't know Todd Rundgren super well but he, he has like mm-hmm. uh, loads of phases it seems yeah, like it's like he has a shit ton of records whether, yeah he's got like a joke band phase where he's like <laughs> bang on the drum and then he's i mean he also has that sort of like a blue-eyed soul face with the you know hello it's me and all that stuff hello but, um, that's one of the songs i heard <laughs> i liked it though yeah love that song yeah. he, he produced like a bad out of the bad out of hell I think. oh my god that's a bad record that is a yeah. Oh, hot tea. I I don't listen to Meatloaf, so I would. Yeah, I don't know anybody who fucking listens to Meatloaf. It's like the record I find the most in the bargain bins. You know? But yeah, um, yeah, and then I listened to the remix. Um, I don't know. Kel will probably have more input about it than I did. I it, I, it, I, I didn't listen to. Oh, fair it. enough. It it's, I, it didn't sound like. Sorry. It didn't sound like too different from the original enough for me to be like wow that's a really original or clever take on the song um like it just it sounded like more than anything like the main difference i saw was just like a larger like bass drum presence and it just like was yeah. like side chained or something and like yeah. it, i don't know it's, it's I, todd rundgren gonna produce his bedroom pop album <laughs> his bedroom pop masterpiece i th- i thought the remix just sounded like steampunk version of elephant or something steampunk oh, interesting <laughs> maybe now i won't listen to it because it was kind of like kind of like lo-fi swing? no it's like kind of like lo-fi and sort of like industrial but also sort of club you know okay i don't know if steampunk <laughs> is the right word but it's not like i don't know he's he's making for music for animation majors for sure <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, should we? Oh, I guess we didn't discuss. Should we do the B sides at the beginning or at the end? Let's do those at the end. Let's talk about yeah, the artwork real thinking. quick. So the artwork was done both by Kevin Parker and Leif Pod- Podaski. Podaski. Um, oh, one who, day we'll get it. Yes, uh, Leaf. I'll just say Leaf. Um, yeah. uh, who did the art for Inner Speaker? And basically, what happened with this album cover here? So you guys can see, not the listeners. Sam's, Sam's uh, holding up the lonerism. He's doing yeah. a humble brag, holding up the vinyl. But basically, Kevin Parker took this picture with a like a vintage toy camera. Wait, that's Apparently inner speaker, this right? red. Sorry? Huh? That's inner. No, that's lonerism. That's lonerism. Yeah. Lonerism, yeah. Uh, I, got, I guess I got the mix. <laughs> he listened to, listened to the entirely wrong record. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, um, guys. Uh, I like it's not meant to be. Like. <laughs> Uh, what were you saying? So the red up here is like a error from Kevin Parker, like taking the film out wrong or something. And That's then, cool. so yeah, KP took the picture and then I guess he sent it to Leaf. <laughs> Leaf. And then Leaf was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this trash? Ew, I don't know photo. what he did. I would like to know what he did to this that 
Probably just put some Instagram-looking yeah. filter on it and put that circle that says Tame Impala. Maybe he just put that shit in Lightroom and let hell break loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the not a good album cover. Did you guys see <laughs> that the, album? Did you see the quotes about from Kevin about like the album cover that he liked? He was like, "You can look. It's like someone. It's like a loner looking into the garden from outside, and he can see like this guy over here who's clearly touching himself and having a good time." What? I know. Oh. And then like some other people, but that's like the one he emphasized. <laughs> I, okay. Wow. I mean, I, I definitely I get the notice. idea that uh, he was, it's like, oh, it's like a jail cell or like, oh, he's outside looking in and everybody's having a good time, but they're not yeah. talking to him. Why won't they talk to me? Hmm. Uh. <laughs> Thought I was happy. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's like off. It's not like aligned. It's not symmetrical just kind of it just looks like it looks like an instagram picture maybe like in 2012 it didn't people wouldn't have just been like it looks like an instagram picture maybe maybe but maybe they also did maybe they fucked up i don't know twisted but uh i don't know <laughs> album's good though <laughs> that it yeah. is yeah all right should we should we get to the get to the tunes uh one more point let's talk about the reception so like the awards yeah. and critical reception which was good um, so some accolades. Uh, 2012 J Award for Australian Album of the Year, which they also won for Inner Speaker. What they also oh. won the Rolling Stone Australia Album of the Year 2012. Um, they were not on any worldwide Rolling Stone lists, even though I kept seeing that in like articles. Oh, then yeah. I would check um, Rolling Stone and like. I should I should make this uh, make this note uh-huh. just in case anyone was confused like I was. Uh, Tame Impala did not get album of the year for inner speaker that's what i thought when sam was talking about it they got like 40 something yeah they got uh, like but they still i think if you're on that list you still get the title like album of the year or something it's not like a mutually exclusive or like 43rd album of the year but uh, yeah yeah i don't know maybe someone either way correct us um but uh it also got number four on pitchfork's top albums of 2012 and really cool yeah, yeah. Um, and then number seven um, on picture Pitchfork's best albums of the decade so far in 2014. But in, hmm. by 2020, for the like actual kind of best albums of the decade, it's number. It was number 130. Yeah. The fuck. <laughs> yeah. Pitchfork, man. I'm, I'm gonna find out what's number one for 2012. I'm kind of curious. Oh uh, yeah, Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's uh, Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City, Frank Ocean, Channel Orange, Fiona Apple, The Idler Wheel, who she just got a 10 from Pitchfork the other the other day. Yeah. Then it's uh, Lonerism, then it's uh, Swans, uh, Grimes Vision, Bloom by Beach House. Blah, 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 blah. Cool. Um, okay, Be Above It. All right, uh, I gotta be above it gotta now. Gotta be above it. Gotta be above it. Gotta I, uh, gotta I can't tell it. if the drums... In this song are a loop. It sounds like it's a loop. Okay. They are. That's what they do most, live. Most of the drums, not most of the drums, but a lot of the drums on this uh, on this album are loops. Uh. Um, well, li- live for this song, they play a loop, and what the drummer doesn't just not play, but he does like the cymbal hits, sort of some. It's like Beach House or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, when I think of this, I think of someone running. <laughs> and they're panting they're like gotta be above it yeah I, that, that. I mean that's yeah. what he that's what he sampled on the dictaphone there's like, like you can hear like someone walking oh, or something yeah. maybe he okay. was running but it was in Paris <laughs> he was running away from the from the people in the garden he was so upset he can't handle the drama 
it totally sounds like it could be like a song that you'd hear in like a Nike commercial or some shit. Like they play it, the, the above it part over and over again, and then at the end, it's like be above it with the logo. <laughs> I wonder if it was at yeah. some point. Maybe. Yeah, I. <laughs> that'd be kind of a strange. That'd be kind of a strange Nike slogan. <laughs> It'd be funnier <laughs> if it was a different shoe brand, like Skechers. <laughs> <laughs> be above it. He's getting like ragged on for wearing Skechers, and they're like, "Nah, dude, just be above it." <laughs> Kevin Parker's in the ad, and he wears them live instead of bare feet. He has to wear Skechers now. Oh man! Oh god! I got roasted my first day of high school in gym class for wearing Skechers, and I begged my mom. Oh, I begged brought, my mom. You brought that on yourself. I did. I like by, <laughs> by ninth All I grade, do is wear New Balances these days. <laughs> new Balances are tight. I think in yeah, ninth grade you would have been roasted for New Balances, but have you have you noticed that New Balances are like very much streetwear in the past like three to four years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean now they're now they're hot. I'm flat footed, so it's not a streetwear thing. I just. Don't want to buy Dr. Scholl's gels or whatever, but uh, you know, yeah, be above it. <laughs> be above it, Skechers. This podcast is brought to you by Skechers. It's about <laughs> Skechers. Be above it. Um, I like how he uh, he brings in and just sort of takes out effects on the drums just to add some uh, variation because the song, for the most part, it's it's there's not much of a structure. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like taking things in and taking them out. There's not really like a too much of an A B. Yeah, it's just kind of continuous. Yeah, it's like a loop. I wasn't really sure where it was gonna go in the beginning, um, but like about a minute in, uh, like this pulsating uh, and like really well like spread apart uh, synth chord just like explodes into the mix, and it like I remember I remember that like I remember that giving me chills like the first time I heard it like it just. Explodes. Very erotic. Yeah. Very erotic, Rex. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I like the, uh, it's got that uh, intense sort of auto wah or like phaser, like LFO, just a filter. all of those an, things. Yeah. And it's just like, LFO. I mean, you uh, you immediately recognize that the album is, even with this song, which is fairly s- simple, it's like more sonically varied and it's... Um, it's got more synths. It's just more, more detailed. It's just, it's cool. I like the, um, the sort of like machine gun delay that the drums yeah. that the drums have mm-hmm. there are there are a lot of uh sort of techniques that kevin does that are really like sort of digital audio workspace techniques that you would use on like a dance a dance music track like an edm track like he'll um he'll like slowly take out the low end of the drum part so that like when it comes back in it's 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 like it builds tension and then it releases and he does that on be above it like you'll just hear like the the kick slowly lose its bass frequencies and then when it comes back in it like hits really hard yeah and uh it works he does stuff like that like throughout the album yeah i think you get a really good glimpse of kevin's like creativity in 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 that first track um i mean like from the delay that they just mentioned um on the drums that come like come and go um and even like all the filtering um, on on his vocals, it's it, they're just like such like specific creative choices that you can tell just they they would have came out of just like constant experimentation and not quite like deliberate action. And I think it just it's it's really hard to put together a really good like album with all that experimentation. Sometimes I think I don't know. Yeah, really um, but I I guess it, you could say that it was sort of kept together by uh, his knack for songwriting and. Um, yeah. Uh oh. My connection's unstable. <gasps> Can you guys still hear me? 
That's okay. We can still hear you. Yeah, we can still hear you fine. Yeah. Cool. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, hopefully it doesn't get worse. So, what about th- lyrical themes? Did you guys find anything about that? Because there is, like, a direct quote from uh, him. Shit. I, so, I completely about. forgot to so, really look at the lyrics for the songs. That's my Kevin, bad. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's that's a big deal with Tame Impala. Uh, so yeah. Kevin Parker said it's about, and I quote, this self mantra of someone who's just experienced something that has really shaken them and is trying to block out the idea that they're worthless and terrible. Damn. I, okay. I think a lot of his songs are about that, though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a big theme on this this album where he's like, oh, everyone's they're bringing me down, or I can't I can't talk the, to the girl that I like because I'm too yeah. shy. Yeah, what's that? What's that one song in um in the album after this uh, where it's like, oh, fuck you, Trevor, like that one? <laughs> I, uh, the, Plus, their I know biggest the hit is that their biggest hit. Yeah. I yeah. that one that's one of the songs that like I actually did like listen to like for the lyrics at, like like I came back to it a second time to like make sure I heard what I was hearing right and I was like yeah I think I, I did too because I was like this is a fucking yeah, I don't know in about the music this video like that. <laughs> this is some Trevor's really uh, a fictional character at least the name is the name is a uh, there's not a real Trevor yeah it's just a rhyme it's scheme like he, but <laughs> it's like he thought to himself like what what's kind of like chad but isn't chad (laughs) trev remember those fuck trevor shirts that they had yeah yeah. oh my god i forgot about that bring bring that back 2020 (laughs) okay like when i when i um didn't realize that trevor was just like a a made-up name i was like jesus this is this is in bad taste (laughs) (laughs) it's directed towards like some celebrity right like trevor noah I could never be the cool kid. <laughs> never, never. Um, yes. But, uh, the uh-huh. the drum sounds, the the really uh sort of intense slapback drum sounds on this kind of reminds me of a helicopter by Deer Hunter. Yeah. Except that's there's some yeah, there's like some slower. definitely some Deer Hunter esque uh, production stuff on here. I love that song. Yeah, it's a good song. Mm, yeah. Oh my god, this song is so good. Uh, Deer Hunter. It's another one we could do. Yeah, they're very interesting. Cool. Um, so yeah, what else? I noticed the synths. I mean, I think right away you're like, oh yeah, there's going to be synths on this record because there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. And then good yeah. taste too. It's yeah, really I, well put yeah, together. I think so. Yeah, um, Endor's and wait, how do you say it? Uh, probably like Endor toi. Endor toi. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, Sam. Endor toi. <laughs> I like um. For the longest time, I just read it as like the name Ender, Same. comma Twa, and yeah. I was like, "What?" <laughs> like I, I was like, "Is this about Ender's Game or something?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, awesome song, good song, so good, no doubt. So All right, next song. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, th- I mean, this song is so tight. It's like some, it's like a yes song or something. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool. It's like Siberian Katru. Yeah, and there's so much more synth on this, and like the the writing is like pretty like weird. Like this is another song where the structure is pretty strange, but it kind of just uh, depends. It it relies on like w- what's being brought in and what's being taken mm-hmm. out, sort of dynamic wise and instrument instrument wise. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Yeah, this is the song that got me into Tame Impala. I heard this and I was like, oh, fuck. Cool. He's, no doubt. This is good after all. Yeah. <laughs> I, like that, the moment at the beginning, like where that like bending synth lead just like yeah. comes yeah. in. Oh my God. I remember, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, I was like, damn, I wish I wrote that shit. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to yeah. describe it other than, um, like the fact that it's just like it's just really cool and like God, uh, I wish that were yeah me. and the guitar the the guitar chord progression behind it is really good too um it's kind of a pain in the ass to jam to if you're a guitarist because the song is like tuned down a whole step uh, yeah but oh yeah it's it's pretty that's great. what Tim Impala does they they use like D um like concert pitch oh interesting like instead of just E it's just tuned down a whole step like every string oh that's interesting Elephant yeah. is uh, that same tuning too I realized but I never realized that was like a constant all, all their songs their are songs. That's really I, I think you might find really? like, like tabs or whatever or you can figure out by ear like a lot of their music but if you watch them play their music live and like maybe like you're playing along with it on guitar they're playing a whole step higher than you interesting yeah okay yeah the um, key's the same but just the position on the guitar because of the tuning I, I like uh, the the guitar sound on this. There's this like really dirty, like clipped sounding oh, phaser that's like so really dirty. wide. It's so dirty. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's like it sound. It almost sounds like you're like recording it on like laptop speakers, <laughs> but it still sounds mm -hmm. good <laughs> somehow. This song yeah, made me buy a phaser for the first time in like 2014. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I said the last episode. I, really? I bought a small stone because of the song. Um, not expectations um solitude is bliss maybe yeah i think solitude is bliss yeah i got the small stone too <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice tame of not, not a bad pedal. A generation to buy small stone i loved that pedal it was great did you have the micro one or the the nano classic? yeah yeah that's what yeah that's what i had too yeah it's the only one you can find is there a, is there a big stone or is it yeah just called the, the original like the vintage Normal. the vintage one and then there might be like a reissue or something but that's the one kevin parker uses exactly yeah i've never compared them but um yeah it the vocals sound like he's trying to hypnotize you which Ooh. makes sense because it's like saying like fall asleep yeah in that's hit. what it but, means um, in french right en français en yeah français. like when he says and it works like a charm and all of the like echo comes in you're like whoa yeah but yeah uh -huh. i really like that synth arpeggio um that like fades in at the beginning or near the beginning yeah, and yeah. then the drum fill that like brings the rest of the instruments into it all is just like i don't know it, yeah it's, it's 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 very loose yeah uh it's cool that's that's another moment that like just like gives you chills like fall right after the first track which also like gives you chills and it's like damn i need to take a break like give me a minute like <laughs> yeah damn, gotta... this this album gets pretty chilly yeah i gotta say um yeah the the drum beat I feel like before this podcast started, I uh, started sort of analyzing Tame Impala more. I didn't uh, realize how sort of varied their drum parts are, which is especially interesting because Kevin Parker, he's not a great drummer or anything, but he's still very creative. So the stuff that he's coming up with is like just a lot of fun. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you hear that on like Be Above It, but also on this song, the, the drum parts just, it's really cool. And Kevin Parker does play drums on all, all of the tracks on this album i think the drums in this album are pretty are pretty like creative like there's nothing generic about a lot of the drum beats um i think yeah yeah it, it reminds me of the beatles because i think like a lot of us think of the beatles stuff as kind of like i guess basic open chord stuff even though it's it's not don't worry um 
but and, and that their drumming is like easy or whatever but maybe the drumming is like easy to figure out if you're just like a i don't know like a drummer but it's very different it's not just like four on four stuff there's or uh, four on the floor stuff it's no doubt um yeah but it reminds me of ringo in that sense ringo it's like kevin is his own ringo almost <laughs> perfect um uh what else yeah i just this this is one of those songs where um you you sort of are taken aback by how noisy this album is hmm. mm-hmm. like for for a, it's like a very popular album but it's like it's surprising just how noisy and sort of lo-fi this this album really is and you and you hear that especially when the the songs get like the more dense they get that's part of the appeal but it is it is very interesting especially like yeah yeah when a lot of the sort of mainstream sound. rock even like even like other psych rock stuff that like Dave Fridman might have been doing, it's yeah. not quite this lo-fi. It's I mean, yeah, compared I, to like I don't think so. MGMT or something like MGMT is like really yeah. like polished or like compared to Claxons or something yeah. like that. It's just it's very noisy. I think yeah. I think like one of the most lo-fi aspects is probably the drums. I mean, you can definitely hear that. You can definitely there's, there's hear how the drums out, were though. not recorded in like an orthodox way, like in any sense. And yeah, then, yeah. Um, and then I think that. Dave just did such a great job with mixing it, um, it, especially with like just the magic of EQ that you almost so forget. Mixed yeah, it. like you almost forget <laughs> that anything is technically kind of lo-fi because like, every single individual track is like EQ'd so perfectly that like just every aspect of the frequency is just amazing. It's just so well put together. I definitely mm. don't forget, but I do think that Dave might have made this album more listenable. <laughs> Probably. For like yeah. a, for like a mainstream audience. I think I read. Me. I think I read. Um, you know what? I can. I think I have it here. Um, yeah, Lonerism, Tam Impala in the studio. Um, Kevin said. Um, so thank you, Dave. Uh, okay, it's a it's a wall of text here. But anyways, I, what I do remember was that he was saying um, that he he had a pretty clear idea in the end of like how he wanted things to sound. Um, and then when he sent it to Dave, um, he was just kind of just blown away by how much more he, he said exactly what you said, kill how much more listenable <laughs> it, it was, um, <laughs> after Dave kind of just like made it his own. Yeah. Uh, professionals are important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Tr- trust the professionals from time. Never to trust time. yourself. <laughs> yeah, never trust yourself. I think that's what Tame Impala, the message of Tame Impala. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, what else? Yeah, this is. I mean, it's song. A, it's such a good. It's such like a solid song, and I think it just very epic. It's so. Oh yeah, it's so epic. Again, it just sounds like a like a classic prog song, and I just love all the the synthesizer on it and all the guitar. I just love everything. Yeah, it just all kind of like mushes together, but in a good way. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Shall we go to it? Also, mm-hmm. it leads into Apocalypse Dreams mm-hmm. very nicely because the chord progression and the key are very like similar. I think mm-hmm. the the key is the same and the chord progression is similar, and then the uh, tempo is also. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it is right. Pretty similar, and it starts the vibe with like a march so almost. Sorry, they both start almost like with like marches, like hmm. on the downbeat. I mean, you know. Well, as opposed to a song starting out like, they both start out like dun dun, on the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have uh, intense ones. Yeah, 
hard ones. A hard one. Um, I give this record a hard one. <laughs> oh, oh no. Just one. If it's not one out of one, maybe. If it's not too late, I found the bit I was looking for. Go for it. I, th- I think it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> if it's not too late, can I leave? <laughs> <laughs> so he said, "I'll spend weeks and weeks trying to get a good mix of the song that's not even going to be used. I don't even know why I do it. I usually just give Dave a drum mix to use and the individual drums if he wants to poke them in there. He usually replicates it, but in a way that's so much more dynamic and with crunch and groove in all the right places." Whatever it is that he's doing, he makes it sound ten times better than I ever can. It's crazy and cosmic, but still listenable. When I play it to Dave, he says, Alright, cool, but what the fuck is that flange on the whole mix? My methods (laughs) usually aren't conducive to a pleasant-sounding mix. Sometimes he goes totally rogue and throws in a wild vocal delay that lasts for the rest of the song once it's set off. The effects and sounds are pretty important to the song. I usually start adding those kinds of things while I'm still writing the song, so they totally influence the evolution of it. Wow! I wish I could do all that. <laughs> yeah, oh uh, that is like I said. That's why he makes the big bucks. Yeah, uh, professionals. Yeah, it's a good thing. Can you believe how old he is? He looks like he's forty, but he's like sixty something years old. I I've n- never in my life seen a photo of Dave. It's really weird. He's like 64, 65. And he doesn't look at it at oh, all. Oh, wow. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Damn. I'm, you look, you look at kind of good. <laughs> you look at like a snack, though. <laughs> look at like a Dilf. young Josh Brolin over here with the flannel. Um, yeah, that's wild. It is. He's uh, recorded with a Baroness. Tight. Yeah, he oh, he recorded with the vac. He remixed the vaccines. Boo! You don't like the vaccines? I, I don't. Nah, I'm not a big fan of. The I vaccines. don't like them either, but I don't really know them. So, <laughs> guys, let's talk vaccines. What do you think? <laughs> uh, teenage icon, if you want to come back, <clears throat> any of those? Uh, so, Apocalypse Dreams. This, um, this is a very Sucks. important song to no, me. Kidding. No, I think this is gonna be my favorite song on the record. Just really? Okay. Like I, I feel like um. As a whole, maybe like as a whole, it's like not as not as good as like some of the other songs on the record. But I feel like the song just absolutely peaks so much harder than the rest of the record. I think it's really cool to watch live. I think it's a pretty iconic uh, Tame Impala song. I remember when I first heard it, I was like, "Yeah, this is like yeah. a very like it's really epic. It's it it kind of sort of enca- encapsulates what Tame Impala is, as far as I can tell." Um, yeah. He's got Jay on the piano. Yeah, he's got the that songwriting uh, sort of credit on that one. Um, but I, I remember songwriting I, cred from a. Yeah, it's it's on this track, and then it's on um, uh, shit, another one with keys. But a- anyways, um, elephant. No. It's on elephant. Oh, it is. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. No, I think that's right because that's got like the key solo. But I remember like I found this song out because I saw Tame Impala and it was like before I was like super familiar with their music. Um, I mostly went to that concert because they were opening for the Flaming Lips, which I was a big fan of. Then I remember I heard Apocalypse Dreams because of that fucking drop in this song. Like it's so the, like where it goes to halftime. Yeah, dun, like right dun, right at the three minute dun. mark where the, the high end ducks and goes like, yeah, yeah, there's like a weird I love that. Thing over it. That's really yeah. cool. It's like a cool touch. But yeah, that's basically yeah. how I heard this yeah. song. It's like I heard it in concert, and like I definitely like like if I'm if I'm seeing a band and like they play some songs I don't know, I 
don't I'm not always able to go back and like listen to their music and find out which songs they were but this song like yeah. I, I could do that with and word really yeah just, it's just that's interesting it's because so uh, it's like the it's not a very obvious hook when it comes to like sort of big choruses or anything but the song I mean it's a it's, it's a very me- memorable like song nonetheless yeah even though it's like a it's not really a Oh no! I guess there is a clear chorus because the the halftime is the chorus, and then the outro is just sort of that. Uh, Everything is changing. Like, and then, yeah. yeah, that's the yeah, part I was thinking of. Everything is changing. I guess I should want my mom. I would I would love to play this song live. Like, doesn't it just sound like, or at least learn it like with a group? Like, I just want to be yeah. able to play it. You know, with a well, group. Well, here we are. Do you guys Do you guys remember? Um, I remember at one point. Kevin posted like something to Instagram or something where he said that so it turns out I have like this throat disease or some shit and that's why I sound like shit on stage um, or something like that it was like something like that and Mm -hmm. he got he got treated Hmm. for it and his singing like actually did like improve like (laughs) a lot after after that I thought it was really interesting really yeah huh I did not know that. That's, that's pretty, I, um, that's pretty wild. To be honest, before, I don't know, maybe around then, like I would watch like live performances of them, and I would watch them for pretty much everything else except for Kevin singing, because like I, mm-hmm. I, I know that's really harsh, but like it was, it was, it was really crackly it was, for me. It was, and, yeah, yeah and kind of whispery. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's kind of a waif-like guy. <laughs> But he had the wave disease, so now it's he weird. gives a really solid performance um, all the time. Now it's like you gotta hand it to him for sure. He does. He yeah. seems he seems like a guy who really tries to hone his performances in. Yeah, he does some yeah. stuff on stage where I, I I literally can't even begin to figure out like how he did it. I remember there was this um I was he he they used to do the band used to do this um this one like improv groove where everyone would leave the stage except for the uh, drummer and um, and Jay the keyboardist and whenever they had some kind of strange MIDI trigger on the drums where whenever the drummer would hit a single drum so Jay would have his hands like on the keys like in the, in the shapes of chords but no sound would be produced until the drummer hit a drum and the moment the stick like so it was like the drums were the vocoder yeah and like the chord came out like crystal clear whenever a, the, the stick hit the drum and so like it, it's the strangest thing I'll have to send it to you guys I have it like in my liked videos on YouTube or that's whatever that's so cool I, I yeah, they have they have really awesome live yeah. shows um, yeah. i've never seen I'll, anything I'll like that i'll talk a little bit about that on elephant but uh it it's 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 interesting because they're not really theatrical guys but their shows are still theatrical just because of all of the like sort of fun i mean their music is theatrical apocalypse dreams is yeah so, so that kind of i mean it's it's psych so um yeah although I, I i do wonder how much of that stuff is like backing track i remember seeing a mm. live video where um they're trying out a new song and like um it was new at the time what's what's the six eight song off of uh the off of currents the bound oh bound. the moment the one that sounds like tears for fears yeah yeah, yeah the the moment just kind of starts playing <laughs> <laughs> and they're like wait what's going on and then kevin's like oh, oh uh, my god kevin parker uh, when he's we'll, like, we'll get to that later or some, something like that he says Matt, something a little a little cheeky imagine like in like 40 years when Kevin's like 70 and it's like Kevin Parker caught lip syncing to his own music or something. I mean, 
that seems like that's sort of a thing that happens now where it it's like when he was on snl and he's he was playing that one of those disco songs it's like Mm -hmm. it seems like there's a second vocal that's playing that's like a doubler yeah and like phoenix does that a lot and sometimes it kind of gets on my nerves especially because i don't know what thomas mars like you you're the parts aren't hard thomas just learn the fucking song (laughs) but (laughs) um but i honestly don't know how much of that is like what what's going on but uh, i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's it's whatever it is it's it seems sometimes like it's pretty common in a the rock world it's vague speaking kind of vaguely but um that's fair yeah. yeah uh so some kind of notes about the instrumentation i think it's cool how it's a piano heavy song which is always kind of a weird instrument when like a, a kind of acoustic piano that is um when yeah Cam and paula brings it in but it's it's really cool and i honestly don't like think about this song as like a piano song even though yeah. that's what a lot of it is i find piano really hard to squeeze into any like rock centric song personally or else it sounds like honky tonk yeah that's a really good point that's actually what it sounds like a lot of the time when it doesn't work (laughs) yeah it's like yeah when when i think of this song i definitely think of the the sort of piano and like just how sort of dark the tone the piano tone is and like reverby like it sort of has this like sort of washed out washed out sound to it yeah yeah like i mean like a lot of the instruments in the mix i should think um, I like the uh, I like the sort of bouncy bass line. Yeah, this the album has great so bass lines for sure. Yeah, the, this this song I kind of made a note of especially just like, um, especially during the I think the halftime parts. There's some really like yeah, the, really like melodic stuff. That stuff is so yeah. Um, I like I like a the sort of acidic these really like acidic guitar lines that come mm. in uh after mm. the half the mm. halftime mark that are like really overwhelming and kind of scary sounding mm-hmm. they're like they almost sound like a like a string section or something it's hmm. but like just like maybe I, i'm thinking of that as like a synth part or something because i i feel like especially on apocalypse dreams there's almost like this wall of sound kind of thing where it's like yeah. distorted guitar blended with a synth and it's just Really I don't doubt sound. that. Yeah. That's a uh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff where it just kind of like melts together, which mm-hmm. I always I always appreciate when yeah. like you can't really tell what it is. Yeah, it's just kind of like a sound. That's 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 always really cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, uh, what what yeah. themes did you find in this? I kind of I think there is some like kind of like pretty concrete literature on what this song is about. Apparently it's about anxiety about the future <laughs> that's exactly my my note says more anxiety about change yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh so, sometimes he gets kind of vague with this stuff but uh he he does uh talk about fluctuation taking its toll or taking control troll yeah. toll yeah and it's it, i mean it's called like apocalypse dreams like just like the title alone because it's like you're you're having these stress dreams about apocalypse yeah the the title kind of is kind of hot topicy to me <laughs> well it, i think it makes sense because you know like australia I mean, it works it definitely works well australia is where the mad max series takes place so i think kevin parker as an australian they, he, he'll grow up with a natural fear of the apocalypse <laughs> Jesus. of a morton joe <laughs> jay watson dies in this song of coronavirus <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah it's all connected um, one second any other uh, points about this track uh, good job, Jay. Good piano. 
Yeah, thanks yeah. for the piano. Really Good appreciate job. it. Thanks for the Here's your piano. check. Thanks for the piano. Thanks for the piano, mate. Here's your check. I want to I want to play more drums. You hear that? You hear that? Modular? I want to play more drums. Well, I got I got me this this Frenchie to play drums for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I like that song. Mischievous Mind. Mind Mischief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so some oh one kind of cool thing about the song um you know sestri levante on live versions ah yeah i love it it's, that's like one of my favorite you know Dave it's Impala just the songs. like I wish it was longer it's like the end of mind mischief it's just like that part y- yeah but he doesn't is it on the studio version that he also plays that hook because i don't no, i don't it. think the hook but like the chord changes are the same and like the tempo is the same okay they i'm guessing live they probably maybe jam out the end of mind mischief and then they were kind of like this is its own thing we call it sestri levante if we want to jam out mind mischief or something i like for forgot about sestri levante but i used to jam that all the time and i get so upset because it's like a minute long <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's why it seems like a, a jam to me yeah Ugh. but um i'm not like this isn't my favorite S- uh, same yeah I, I appreciate it but it's um it's super it's super poppy which i have nothing against but i just think there's better tracks on the record yeah it's a little too throwback e for me like the the sort of the harmonies the guitar harmonies and the vocal harmonies it feels a little bit too much maybe like a like a sort of like blue-eyed soul song but like sort of deep fried reminds me of the beatles. <laughs> but, you know. this one reminds me of the beatles a lot really yeah the harmonies yeah, that too also that yeah the harmonies the guitar which is which is uh, fun in small amounts, but uh, I yeah. think um, I think the drum groove, I think like the drums are really good, um, mm-hmm. and I like the bass line too. Um, I think um, like uh, I think around like two and a half minutes in, um, mm-hmm. the song starts to enter like different territory because like the first two and a half minutes of it, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, and but then like after that mark. Um, I don't know, it like better? yeah, yeah, like at that, at that, I, I think so. At that, like she like, was me- only like messing minor. around bit, like those those yeah. major seventh chords on the synth, like really spice up the melody. I think. Um, yeah, I think so too. And then um, that's really nice. Yeah, and then like that that widespread like phaser effect kicks in, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like the craziest thing. Like if you're listening to it, like through like a decent pair of headphones, like it's shifting from the phasers like shifting from ear to ear, and it's like so massive that like I can't even tell what instrument or like track the phaser is applied to. It's yeah. um it just sounds like Ooh. this like ongoing gust of wind. It's it's really something. Um it's, it's like really audacious production yeah, stuff. Probably one of those things that made Dave go like, What what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. I don't think we can talk about mind mischief though without addressing uh the controversial video Ooh. for it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, it's gonna get spicy in oh, here. Man. Oh yeah, what was the video? I forgot. It's the I knew one with the video where the kid me. bangs the uh, teacher. Yeah. To oh put, fuck, that's this video. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it right now as we're speaking. I'm gonna so just I, yell into the. I think the oh, I Wikipedia article video. kind of overstates how controversial it was because the only controversial thing, kind of evidence of controversy, I could find, and I did, I went like several pages into Google, um, was the, a quote from like the the headmaster of the school where they filmed it saying, "If we had known this was what the video would be about, we wouldn't have let them film here." It's hmm. like just that. Yeah, maybe controversial isn't the best word. I would say it's just uh, 
Wes Anderson potentially like. <laughs> potentially like just teetering on the edge of ick you know yeah, yeah similar to uh, the fuck Trevor song yeah less I, I know the better more where so. it's also a, a lot of stuff about high schoolers and sex yeah I mean I think a lot of uh, Tame Impala. Impala's like kind of like topics are, are based around high school at I least, forget sort of. Did, in that in that video does does the kid is everything that's happening in it the fantasy of the kid or is it actually happening I can't remember the second half from what I'm seeing is like animated yeah it's I, I think it's actually what's happening so. it's actually yeah. what's happening but then it goes to the animation because it's gotcha. it's psychedelic rock it's psychedelic rock if it were yeah. just all live action teacher bangs uh uh student gone sexual yeah then maybe if it was it like the kid's fantasy they could have gotten away with it better but the fact that it's like That's... really like happening per se is like really strange one of the comments is like it's a student's fantasy, but it, I don't think that checks not out one at of, the end because he gets kicked out of the the vehicle. Uh, well, let me tell you, not um, not one of the comments, like every single goddamn article about this music video uses like the line "every schoolboy's fantasy." Uh, every school. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm just getting hot and bothered. Just <laughs> let me read some of these comments. Uh, I I won't say the names, even though they're. I mean, some of these are pretty funny. It says. This is definitely the weirdest episode of Magic School Bus I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Uh, someone put, it's interesting how we can romanticize something so wrong when we're young and stupid and desperate, which is, yeah, pretty spot on. Yeah. And then uh, she's so fired. Someone put a uh, hubba hubba me likey. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> mama. Ooh, mama. Um, to circle back to the to the song section. I used to be kind of annoyed by how this so this song is definitely the 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 beat is just a loop and if you go on Tame Impala's SoundCloud at least if you I don't know if it's still up there but there was just the loop played once oh, as a wow. like sort of a file that's just kind of cool that's really cool but, uh, that's funny the half of the loop is just drum fills so he plays d- 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 and then he does like kind of a really rudimentary drum fill like and Phil one Collins time he even thing. like misses the like the tom and just hits the the side wait it, you like, hear this in the recording yeah yeah wait, it's like wait, right what's the timestamp for that you know oh it just repeats over and over and over again because it's a oh. it's a loop but if you if you listen to it it's just like half the beat and then a drum fill mm-hmm. then a beat then a drum fill then a beat then a drum fill beat drum fill and then you take that and just copy and paste it over and over and the first drum fill he's like going for the tom he just hits like <laughs> I, don't, I mean that used to annoy me and i remember i would listen to it with my dad and he'd just be like what <laughs> <laughs> like but, um, it bothered him that much <laughs> I, it's, it's a, I've never even noticed it's a it. weird thing though because half of the drum half of the song is just these drum fills <laughs> like just based on just the the logic of copy paste wow it's like all those like like bad ringo drum fills people have been finding throughout the years yeah, where it just fucks Ringo. up and they just they keep it in. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's that's the Kevin Parker way. I mean, now it doesn't annoy me all that much. Yeah, I've never um, noticed it. I don't really listen to the song too much anyway, though. It's not a. Uh, you want to talk about the lyrics? The lyrics. Um. Oh shit! Did I had ma- sex with my teacher today? The lyrics. Oh she yeah. Maybe, well, Kelly, you talk about the lyrics. I I think I forgot uh, the lyrics. Yeah, there's the some simp 
bullshit. Some, like, <laughs> like what? He's like, uh, he says, go with Mr. Right just for once. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's just like a typical thing where he's like, he's got a crush on a girl, but he's too scared and he thinks she's giving off cues, but she's not. He's over, he's just blowing it up in his mind and then he tells her and I guess she's not interested and he's like, no. Well, well so why is it called Mind of Mischief? Because he says, I, I, no, please, no more mischief with my mind. Oh, I thought it was like mind mischief for, from his perspective. So this is like him being mischievous. But that makes sense that it's someone else. He, I, he's perceiving th- someone else being mischievous towards him. I think it's that he his mind is playing tricks on him and that he's read. He's like reading cues that aren't there. <laughs> he just sounds like DJ Khaled. <laughs> Is that a DJ Khaled song where he's like, please? No, According, but I mean, uh, sorry. Like there's like videos of DJ Khaled out there just kind of like acting like that. I don't, I don't oh, know. Yeah, just acting. According to acting. Genius.com, uh, the, with that line in the go with Mr. Right line, it says, um, he just wants it to stop all the fooling around. He, that that's grammatically incorrect. Uh, <laughs> uh, he wants all the fool. Ar- he wants all the fooling around to stop, so he can tell her to go find Mister Right. Or he's claiming he is Mister Right and asking her for once to choose the good guy <sighs> instead of the latest flame. He's saying, "Don't play any more games with his already confused mind." Jesus Christ! His mind is so, oh no, oh no! It's my mind no is so mischievous. Mind. I mean, John Lennon. John Lennon had a song, "Mind Mind Games." Yeah, what was it about? Uh, simp, simp. Probably the same thing. <laughs> All you need is simp. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know fun song yeah it, it's fun uh it's cool how they kind of jam out the other or the end of the song and it's like a whole new thing some really nice synth patches on here especially with the chords that are oh, when yeah. uh when it just sort of breaks into just the synths going like bow, 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 yeah they finally bow. like i feel like on inner speaker when they were making the synth patch any synths on inner speaker it was just just they just turn the synth on and they go with like two um, just the saw raw, waves, like, just two raw saw waves, <laughs> like that. But then now they're adding uh, attack, decay, and release, and some filters to it, and it's it's a little more it's uh, noticeable. Yeah, it's, it's it's certainly better. Yeah, it's it sounds great. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, should we go on to music to walk home? Music to, to walk tonight? home by. This Walking is home. Uh, honestly, it was hard to pick between this and Apocalypse Dreams because both of them. This I song like my, is cool. Yeah, I have cool. like forgotten about it. it. Used to be one of my faves. Yeah, Kiel. I remember. We. I feel like we used to listen the, the, to this a lot. I, n- I remember we were yeah. trying to like learn it on guitar or something at some point. And it's it's a weird one to learn, not because it's especially hard, but it's kind of a linear. A lot of the songs on here are kind of linear, in a way that like mm-hmm. even on uh, inner speaker they're not. Like there's more yeah. of a verse chorus thing going on on inner speaker more than here. And music Absolutely. to walk home by, even though there's stuff that's repeated. It's like there isn't really a verse or a chorus. Uh-huh. It's just kind of like here's some stuff that happens, and then here's some more stuff. It's just like a long. It's like a jam. Yeah, which but is there, weird because it's like a one man band. Yeah, but I mean there is structural repetition. It's just yeah, really yeah. weird. It's like they'll use kind of like repeated parts, but they'll just embellish upon the that part more. Yeah, like the uh, the. How to feel right? Like, I guess that's sort of the chorus. 
you could say yeah even though it's only repeated once in the I'll the first course, two yeah. parts where he's like that's the only one i think of you and the um verse yeah can't almost stand competing with the others i really like that stuff but they yeah. it just happens like it's weird does it even happen twice I'm trying to think um it doesn't it, ma- it, must, it doesn't really right? matter I, yeah i think our it's it's kind of weird how there's a lot of songs out there which have like a verse and a chorus, but they only play that part once, but our mind kind of still thinks of it as like a repeating motif. I think yeah, Sandy Alex mischief. G does that a lot. Sandy Alex G is doing mind mischief to me. He's a mischievous guy. <laughs> Speaking of mischiefs, jeez. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of dance tracks will do that. Like uh, Prom Night by Anna Managuchi is a good example where like Ooh, there's Anna only Managuchi. really one verse and then the second verse is just like the cut up first verse, but like entirely cut uh-huh. up so you can't even call it a verse, but uh you know whatever yeah yeah totally um this song's heavy heavy song oh so heavy that riff at yeah oh, it's, it's like the guitar guitar in this it's maybe maybe that's why we kind of we're trying to like learn it yeah and stuff. it's got that cool like good guitar, guitar riff at the end yes i think oh, um gosh. like the the, th- the first time i listened to it um there's like that that 15 or 16 second like just noise intro at the mm-hmm. beginning and i oh, was yeah. thinking to myself like okay all the tracks in this album have been pretty solid i'm on the fifth track now this is probably going to be the one that isn't like really good at all or probably sucks and then it just like explodes like with the riff at the very beginning and it's just like oh my god this is so good um yeah um i uh i think it sounds kind of similar at least the beginning sounds similar to solitude is bliss but not in a bad way um like the yeah the chords are similar Yeah, Yeah, yeah same key kind of it's like the seventh chord sort of shape or whatever, and then they go yeah. down like a uh, yeah. whole step. And the and rhythm, too. Yeah, like medium tempo, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Got like a hip-hop sort of beat. Oh, yeah, it does, yeah. There's this YouTube comment that really sticks out to me that I must have read as like a high schooler where like someone was like, uh, when I first heard uh, this new Tame Impala album, I was on the fence because there wasn't any guitar, or it didn't like, you know, there was so much synth, it was so over- overwhelming. I-, I was like, what happened to my guitar uh, <laughs> band or whatever? And then he was like, but this uh, guitar ending, just uh, it brought me back, and I now I appreciate all of it, you know. And I'm 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 butchering it. It was you yeah. know when people write like YouTube comments like like it's a thesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people yeah. out there doing that. That sounds yeah. very like 2012 too. Sometimes like, people like, yeah. do write thesis statements on YouTube. <laughs> now people just be like, uh, smash that like if Uncut Gems <laughs> is dope. <laughs> I got a notification um, saying Uncut Gems came out on Netflix today. It did. I, no, not today. It came yeah. out Monday. Not today. Oh, I watched really? it. I watched it. Like Monday, I, th- I think. I got the notification Had you seen it today. I did, yeah, yeah. I watched it, uh, uh, I don't remember where I saw it, but I watched it. I watched it. I had a th- headache going in, which is not a good. No, I remember I was <laughs> by the end. I was like, by oh. The end. oh, you didn't like it? A... I loved it. It's like my favorite. Yeah, movie. I like, I liked it too. Was that your first time watching it? No, no, no. I saw it in the theaters. It, <laughs> yeah. TBH, it wasn't as, uh, overwhelming um on my tv like at home that's fair yeah i I've, I've only seen both these movies once but i think i like good time a little more i gotta watch good time again but i oh, I, I, I love them both i liked it lot. it was it was constant stress like oh my yeah. god just like just i've never love it. i don't think i've ever felt like genuine anxiety watching a movie before like 
Word, I've, really? never, I've <laughs> never had that experience like so far i, I also, really felt I have, it i have a i have like a new relationship with the end credit song then from the <laughs> hell yeah yeah i like now i get emotional when i hear it and tame impala did the soundtrack <laughs> not true <laughs> but uh uh tame impala collaborator uh daniel O'Patton did the soundtrack so yeah. you could and say Kevin tame impala made the soundtrack ma- yeah that's true <laughs> yes they- in that sense you could you could yeah <laughs> i mean i guess i can't You're confirm wrong, or deny yeah, kevin they worked together on a song with the weekend who's also in that movie yeah. anyway uh i music you ever walk home by this to this music uh, yeah. i i walk definitely home? did because it came out in high school and i walked home in high school and then then in college i, I hope go walking home to the dorms oh yeah chesapeake hall, Chess hall umbc yeah. we're all umbc big dogs <laughs> big dogs in the house all of us are yeah. alumni too weird yeah, to think right at this point yeah Ooh. i like Ooh. uh forgot to graduate so i'm doing it in summer not that it makes a difference virtual <laughs> virtual graduation I don't know some shit but uh oh one thing about uh so you know that section where he's like you'll know soon you'll know soon Mm -hmm. yeah where he's probably like I'm gonna tell someone how I feel maybe but um the I think that part the drum section is is looped Mm -hmm. because you can hear you can hear a part in the beat where the it cuts out like mid cymbal hit where it just goes like and then there's a hard cut Mm -hmm. it's um it's it's one of those things where like throughout this album he's just like breaking so many production rules but like it all just works out (laughs) yeah which is like it's it's a very interesting thing and i can imagine like dave who's still like pretty unorthodox about this stuff was just like jesus (laughs) 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 but um yeah um this well what do you think of lyrics any any lyrical i mean it sounds like it's not it sounds like music to walk home by. Like it's all about daydreaming. Uh, beautiful girls wasting my life. I just remember in the high school thinking about else. beautiful girls wasting my life when I was walking home. <laughs> I remember in high school listening to this and being like, "This is what these songs are about. It's just about high school drama." I'm in high school, but he's not. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a cool song though. So cool. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> So cool. Um, shall we move on to why won't they talk to me? Please talk to me. Yeah, let's do it. This mm. one's um, this one's uh, one of my favorite tracks. Um, and it's cool. Yeah. It's not. It's not like because of its entirety. Um, I I find myself like coming back to this one specific bit like, um, around like two and a half minutes in where like things get uh like more quiet and it's just like a lone synth pad. Um, mm-hmm. That preludes this yeah. this really well like made drum groove that like just like slams its way into the track. Um, yeah, it's got a really like sort of crunchy uh, kick. I love it. It's, and then the bass guitar this, that yeah. eventually comes in and just ties everything together. I just yeah, the like walking yeah. bass. Very I nice. used to come back to that. I still come back to that section um, of the song like a lot by itself. I really like it a lot. This song and uh, we're like on the same page because this is the other song along with Andor Toi that uh, got me into Tame Impala. Hmm. Like um, I just I love the the angular rhythm. It's got an almost like post punk rhythm where it's just all like just downstrokes and the beats just um. Oh, it's like a motoric beat, like we're a sitting right rock. Doing the beat and the headphone fell out. It's like a can can song or something. 
Again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Noi. Um, yeah, I like I everything about this song. I like even the sort of the plaintive li- lyrics. <laughs> oh, true. I mean, it's about like lonerism. I think this song more than uh, the others. I suppose the others won't talk to him. That's for sure. Um, I like the I like the laser and like arpeggio synths that are just kind of like bouncing around throughout the track. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. I've had a cool. Um, yeah. What else? I this this song's just cool. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about it other than that it just sounds <laughs> like happy. Like got it's really upbeat and it's really very major. Yeah, I don't. It's I know, definitely I know it's upbeat. About. I think it's kind of sad sounding. It is. Yeah, and not just the lyrics. I think that uh, just mm. the chord progression, it's kind of like, it's like a downward chord progression just going back and forth between the ba 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 ba. I don't know, like, I, I can't I can't disconnect. I mean, the, there are some songs that have, like, a very, very um, positive energy, but then the lyrics are purposely, like, depressing to, like, kind of yeah. counterbalance that. But this yeah. this is an instance where, like... For me, at least, I I can't I can't like not listen to the lyrics while I'm hearing the song, and where he's just going, why won't they talk to me? I can't I can't escape like the sadness of the song, even if the the like melody is like a little cheerier. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think that it's like really it's not like a tear jerk or anything, but I definitely think like the way he sings it as well, just like in the. The, the the way the the melody sort of uh descends where he's like why won't they talk to me it's it, i think it's um it, it it's almost like um uh what's what's the word for when music sounds like a concept you know oh like it's a like something he, classical music like does a lot imagery sort of i know that i know what you're talking about oh uh, there's like an adam yeah. neely video yeah. or some yeah. shit but um yeah, um, learning that. yeah but that's that's how i feel especially when he just starts like going like wow <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's like sobbing he sounds oh my like God. he sounds like he's sobbing like in the bridge too where he's like but i don't really care about it anyway <laughs> <laughs> one day i'm gonna be a star <laughs> he is crying i i honestly can't believe he put that one line in the song. One day I'll be a star. They'll be sorry. Come on, dude. I think like I as a high schooler, like as a fifteen year old, heard that and I was like, for real, dog. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't just do that. Oh my god. I I don't know, guys. I can't agree with that at all. It just sounds like really pleasant to me. It reminds me of like an ABBA song no, or something. Fair enough. Really? Man. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. He he, he likes he it's. I feel like Tame Impala has a lot of ABBA influences, so I can't like I, do, I cannot yeah. deny. Um, yeah, but I, I really like the drum sound on this for sure, as well. I just it's a very like it's like really distorted and really mm-hmm. heavy. It's a uh, but also kind of spacious. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's certainly got like a room reverb on it. it just sounds like it. Yeah, it it's almost sounds banging. like a like it's like sampled, but I don't I don't think it is. I know what you mean. But uh, yeah, yeah. So should we go on to the the, the big hit? Big hit. It feels like hey everyone, uh, Sam here, just popping back in after recording to let you know that the second part of this uh, episode will be uh, released as a part two. This being a part one, just because um, uh, the whole thing ended up being over, I think over like two hours. Um, so we figured the best thing to do would just 
be to split it into two parts. So keep your eye out for that second part soon. Hope you enjoy. But I get it inside.